Hey y'all, welcome to Geek Freaks. I am Frank and I'm joined by Thomas. What's going on everybody? And we have Kyle. Hey. Today we're talking Star Trek and Phase 2, where we're talking about that Mandalorian Season 3, how epic that was, addressing some big rumors, Amazon remaking some MGM hits, and WB is relaunching HBO Max. We have our question of the week. And this question of the week is, who is your favorite video game villain and why? Who wants to go first? Oh, shoot. There's a why in there? Oh, why yeah, is this? I was well. just favorite video yeah. game villain. <laughs> oh, my God. Bowser. Right. Enough said. Yeah, yeah. That's easy exactly. enough. The yeah. Peaches song. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Uh, and Jack Black, of course. Yeah. No, uh, man, I'm just going to go with a generic one. This isn't like a great answer, but I just remember it shaping so much in my childhood, which is I'm going to go Team Rocket from Pokemon. Nice. Oh, nice. Yeah. Yeah. Good on the music I mean, in Saffron City shit. too when they start attacking is like so freaking good, right? Yeah, the music, just the style. They're still like the most iconic Pokemon villains to me. So mm-hmm. yeah, I'm going with them. Yeah, very good choice. I like, I like that one too. I'm trying to remember the, the final boss for them. What was it? That was their big boss? Is it Dimitri or something like that? But he was always Giovanni. Gonna, Giovanni thank you, Giovanni. Yeah. He had the Fissure spell or TM. When you got that Fissure TM and you're like, oh man, give me that fa- that final four. I'm so ready now that I got this bad boy. It was so dope. Yeah. Kyle, what do you got, man? Wow, there's so many to choose from. Like, I I didn't prepare for this at all. So this is like completely spur of the moment. <laughs> I don't know why, but I keep thinking of Metal Gear Solid and mm-hmm. Revolver Ocelot is one of my all-time favorite villains. Nice. He's, he's amazing. He is. Any, anything in particular that stands out for you? With him, it, it's really like a combination of his reliance on an old revolver as his main weapon. Mm-hmm. Like that's just very classy, and yeah. also his accent. Like I just love his voice acting. Do you know who the voice actor is for that? That's a great question. Oh boy! Oh, <laughs> like no, I said, cool. oh, I, I'm man. not prepared. Let's just chalk it up to Troy Baker. We'll just say he's doing it too. No, 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 no. no. <laughs> yeah, yeah. He's not worthy Troy of that Baker role. Killed it. <laughs> I have to check that out at the end, guys. All right, mine is definitely going to be Arthas. No surprise there, mm, guys. If you guys listen to Pushing Buttons, I had de- I had defended, defended him all the way to the finals. Basically because of Arthas. I mean, like, think about those two years, me and my friends, new friends and old, we banded together to conquer Arthas. It took us two years to do it, basically. And I would say that what that guy set up as a goal has established my gaming career for 15 years. I play World of Warcraft off and on for the next 15 years after that. And a lot of that's because of what such a well-designed villain set up in that game. If it was a shit villain, then I wouldn't have cared about World of Warcraft, let alone the friends I made. And now, you know, here we are. So, Arthas is definitely my number one and probably will always be that way. Dang. That's touching as well. That, <laughs> that evil villain brought you, you know, brought you so much joy and love. Yeah, matter of fact, I have a meeting tomorrow with, a, uh, he was our death knight. Uh, his name's Richard. We call him Boom. We'll always call him Boom because that was the name of his, his character. But, um, I, I'm needing some mentoring because I'm going to be DMing my first D&D session. And it's like, I've only met him once and I've known him for 15 plus years. And uh, his wife too, we used to text all the time. We text now, Harry's often she'll send pictures of the kids and like, oh, hey, first words. And mm-hmm. it's like, we've only met once in all that time. You know, and it's just it's crazy. It's awesome. Some of our responses on uh, Twitter, we have Zach McCreary saying uh, Magus from Chrono Trigger. Now I'm not too, I have oh, never played yeah. Chrono Trigger. Any Any idea on who that is? Yeah, he's basically an anti-hero in the story. He's not the okay. real main villain. That's Lavos. It's like an end-all, be-all cosmic being that threatens to destroy all humanity and the universe. Damn. But Magus is basically like a magician, and he's kind of serving 
Lavos for his own benefit. I can't recall the details now, but he joins your party later on as a hero. Oh, that's cool. So I like that. That's complex. Yeah, he's a great character. Really cool guy. Jay Wesley Edwards says, Dr. Robotnik. I mean, that's that's one of probably the most (laughs) infamous villains, right? Like Mm -hmm. one that stays. stays Exactly. Yeah. It's like Sega's Bowser. Let's let's be real. (laughs) (laughs) Fan Cave Podcast has got to go in the King Koopa. And in a close second place. The ducks from Duck Hunt. <laughs> oh my god! That's I'll one up that. How about that stupid dog that comes up and laughs at you when you miss? I, yeah, I was gonna say Wait, like we're kind it? of the villains there, not the ducks. And I was also, gonna say, yeah. And if anybody was their villain in the game, it's definitely that dog. I yeah. was like, every time I would just spam the trigger, every time that dog would come up. Yeah, exactly. Don't laugh at me. Terror and eight bit man. Uh, Alan Dunford, though, has the very best answer. His biggest villain in gaming is EA Games. Oh, <laughs> buddy. Buddy. By the way, thank Bravo. you very much, EA, for sponsoring the last month of Game Freaks. <laughs> That's a fan. Uh, yep, yep. <laughs> I'm still buying your game, so yeah, nevertheless. Exactly. All right. <laughs> Moving on to our next thing here. Uh, we have two for the patrons, by the way, guys. We have uh, two early release episodes coming out this week for you guys, so check that out. Uh, we're going to be releasing more early releases. We also have an exclusive Q&A that's setting up for a couple weeks from now. So we're going to be pushing those more than maybe like um, from the pages or anything like that because it seems like those are the ones that get the most hype from you guys. So let's go. Let's get into the news. BBC is making a Lord of the Flies miniseries. I'm a big fan of the Lord of the Flies story, so I think this is going to be really good. It's going to be four, uh, four episodes. But I think there's a whole generation who doesn't even know about Lord of the Flies. The last, I think, good remake of it was The Simpsons. So <laughs> I think this is going to be great. Yeah. Man, four episodes. That's interesting. That's like a mini series, like very mini. So that's yeah. kind of interesting on how they're going to set it up. I, I don't know about like a four episode arc, but that sounds really interesting. Yeah. yeah. A lot of British shows are that way. Like I remember Downton Abbey, which I love that show, was always like mm. six episodes per season. Was not long enough, in my opinion. But for them, they're fine with it. And it's like, Damn, you're very me. classy. I yeah. did not watch any real BBC thing except for like some Doctor Who stuff. But that's about it. Oh, man. Me, uh, during the finale for Downton Abbey, me, Susan and Sarah, both of those ones are from the Disney moms. We all joined in my house and I like made like a really fancy dinner and we were all like classied it up as much as possible for that one day. Oh, very nice. Fish yeah. and chips and some Boddingtons. I think I did stuffed bell peppers. It was like the fanciest I can do. Oh, okay, gotcha, gotcha. Oh, <laughs> oh, you're going like English. I tried. Yeah. I tried my best, but my cooking skills are, have their limits. <laughs> yeah. Did you have tea and crumpets at least? You know, like, we did, did you do tea. Do, I did think you do I pinky? did. I did the finger foods like that you see at like those like English tea service or whatever the hell it is. <laughs> yes. <Yeah. Yeah. laughs> too too much. Uh, Netflix's Lupin Part Three is coming October third. I still got to watch Part One and Two, but I have started watching some of the anime, and it's outstanding. Oh, the anime is amazing. Yeah. yeah. All-time classic. Yeah. Haven't seen this adaptation, though. Likewise. Yeah. yeah. I think it might be in French, if I'm not mistaken. I believe so, yes. Okay. So I didn't even know that those were connected, the anime and the show. I had no idea that, because yeah, I saw it, that it was in French, and I was like, wait, is the anime in French? Are these things, I didn't know that they're connected. <laughs> You're blowing my mind right now. Yeah, they're connected. Now, is Lupin French at all? Like, is the anime like a French um, character? No, I don't, I don't believe so. so. No. I saw this one. Uh, sorry, guys. You know, you know when you're on a cruise ship or like, let's say you're on a, like in a hotel, you just like watch random things on Adult Swim. You know? Yeah. Yeah. And so I'm watching Toonami and uh, and man, it was like such a freaking compelling episode about like how he's going to go see this girl who's 
going to her mother's old home and stuff like I was like, this is more complicated and complex than I think I've seen anything in the MCU for the last 10 years. It was so <laughs> freaking good. Uh, so, yeah, check out Lupin, guys. <laughs> nice. Juno Temple from Ted Lasso. She's, uh, Ke- I think her name's Kiki or whatever. Uh, Keely. Uh, Keely, thank you. Mm. She's joining Venom 3 as a main character. Thomas, you're a Marvel reader. Who could she be playing? Do, do you think she could be playing a villain? And I hope so. That'd be really awesome to see her as a villain. I don't know, because I was going to be like, Scream maybe, or you know, another version. Yeah. But it's like, didn't we get Scream in Venom 2? with Completely underutilized, though, because Carnage took up all the screen. That's true. Yeah, she was there. So I know there's another like female variant of it, but I don't remember what the name is off the top of my head. Maybe her. But I just think she's a great actress. So whatever they do, and especially if they make her a villain, that's going to be super interesting. I, I'm really on board with that. What if they make her black cat? Ooh, uh, because a villain to Venom might not be a bad guy. That's hmm. true. Oh uh, man, I don't, I don't know. I feel not so stoked about that. <laughs> <laughs> I know but, Sony's big on that. Try to get Black Cat done. Yeah, that's true. Man, uh, one of my favorite actresses who probably could have played Black Cat, but I think she's going to be something different in in Madam Web. Is the girl from Euphoria? I'm like blanking on her name right now, but All she's going to be Zendaya. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, Zendaya. Yeah. yeah, but there's like another girl. Oh, Cindy Sweeney. That's okay. who it is. She's hmm. man. I, I wish she was Black Cat. That would have been tight. But I, don't <laughs> yeah. know. I could see that. I could definitely see right? that. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Obviously, my man side's coming out. There's my bias <laughs> all over the place right there. Right. <laughs> you know, um, I was thinking uh, yeah. she could play She Venom. I don't know if you're familiar with her at all. Oh yeah, I'm not. I'm not familiar with She Venom. I don't know a lot, but I know she exists in the Marvel Universe. Like she's yeah. the female version of Venom. I'm yeah. having a hard time getting all the Spawn stuff mixed up with them too, because I'm like, oh hmm. yeah, maybe one of the Spawns, but I'm like, does Spawn not the same thing? But they clearly look alike, Todd McFarlane, you know. And so sometimes I get them mixed up because I know right now there's just a ton of different variants to Spawn, so I keep getting those mixed up right now, and I know that's not the case. Yeah, so. no doubt. And they've added so many different versions of Venom too. You know, the Venom toxin, yeah. anti-Venom. Like uh, I forgot all of all of them at this point. So yeah, there's we just too many. Get- anti-venom pretty soon actually now i'm thinking about how much we're getting a lot of venom and that might be the way to kind of mix them up with the mcu a little bit Mm -hmm. that's a cool idea uh last little quickie here we got knuckles series with idris alba is beginning filming for paramount plus paramount plus is freaking killing it guys uh such a good job a knuckles series do you think he could carry an entire series and the fact that they got idris is pretty good sign what do you think yeah (laughs) like idris alba of course and knuckles was like one of the coolest villains you know, I guess he was one of the best parts about Sonic 2, mm-hmm. I want to say. It's like he he came in and just like the way they made him different than Sonic, than Tails. And just like how he was kind of a badass, but like just too badass in the Sonic world was kind of awesome. Yeah. So, yeah, I'm stoked about this. And it's going to lead, I think, right into Sonic 3, right? It is It's going to fit in between Sonic 2 and 3 and lead up to that one, which to me means that they have to explain like the Chaos Emeralds more like because. The Knuckles backstory is thick and heavy and awesome. So I think they're like, hold on, we need a series to set this all up before we get it. They're kind of Star Warsing it right now, or we have to really build this out a little bit before we get into it. Because you couldn't have Dave Filoni making Ahsoka if Rebels didn't exist, you know, True. basically right now. Yeah. All right, uh, let's move on to some of our bigger stories. We've got Mandalorian Season 3 wrapped up. Now, Thomas, you and I, we've discussed every episode over on the Challenge Accepted podcast. Link in the description, guys. Really fun doing that. But Kyle, we haven't really gotten your response to this. 
What did you think of the third season of The Mandalorian? Yeah, it of course had a bit of a slower pace than usual. Like it kind of took its time to get to the inevitable conclusion of Mandalore being retaken. Mm-hmm. But I loved it. I thought it was a great season. I think it really anchored down into what makes The Mandalorian work, which is great character work. And we see that with Din Djarin and Bo-Katan and even Moff Gideon, like his designs. And overall, I think it was just a lot of fun to, you know, let the universe kind of breathe a bit more because we don't really get a lot of development or world building with the Star Wars property in the movies. That's why I've always enjoyed these shows that Disney Plus is putting out because we get more of that, that insight into how the universe works. You're right. With the more time and the additional time, they could really stretch out what, what Mandalore is, for example, instead of just like, oh, it's this place is bombed. We've seen a little bit of it in Clone Wars. But with this, we saw like, wow, nature's coming back. And they were basically Mad, Mad Max Mandalorians, which I would love to see a series about them. You know, all kinds of cool stuff like that. That's a really good point. Uh, yeah. Any highlights from the season for either of you? Yeah, I mean, I, I just kind of want to, like, I guess, add on to that point, which is that's the one thing I heard from a lot of people. Like, you, I mean, if you've listened to Challenge Accepted, you know, I've been really high on this season. Like, I really mm. enjoy it. I thought it was great. The The action was awesome, but it didn't feel like we got a ton of Mando and Grogu. Mm-hmm. But people were saying, like, this is one of the first seasons of Mandalorian where we actually got more of a world building than we got just character building between them. Mm-hmm. And so I can see why people may not have been that high on this season, but I loved it. I thought it was was fantastic. And I, I now we can kind of go into next season with them being more about Grogu and Din and going on those adventures. So that stuff is there, but also like we have this like rich heritage being built up of Mandalore again, dude, this could go into so many different directions can feed into that, uh, Filoni movie. Yeah. I thought it was great. Do you think we're going to stick to just the one-off adventures like we had in the season, the first two seasons? I think we'll return to form. I think for season four, season four, like I think this season they had, there were so many plans being set up, right? We had Ahsoka, you know, which is, again, is like Rebels 2.0. We have uh, the Dave Filoni project coming up. We got a bunch of movies. So this, they use the Mandalorian as like a stepping point to like build all these other, to build the lore and yeah. set up the groundwork for all these like future projects. So some people loved it. Some people hated it, but I see what they were trying to do and they still kind of stuck the landing at the end, which I thought was great. My only thing about this season was, and after like, doing some reflecting on it hmm. was I, I was a little bit confused as to what people's wants were. Like we knew Oops. that Bo-Katan, you know, she wanted to rule Mandalore, but we don't really know why we knew she wanted the dark saber, but then she quickly dropped it as soon as this season started. And then she gets it back. It, it was just like, what's Din and Grogu's main want here. Was it to have a plot of land? Because in the beginning, you know, grief cargo offered it to him. He said, no, then he was redeemed like second episode. And then we didn't really know what their wants were. So that I think, you know, I've heard this at other places and I agree. Like, I think if they can kind of focus more on just those two people's relationship and where they're going to grow for season four, it's going to, it's going to be better, not better off, but I think more people will be satisfied from where it started. It's a great point. I think in adding to that, I think one of the things I really liked about the season, that I, not a lot of people are talking about they set up season two's adventures already. Season, I'm sorry, four. Um, mm-hmm. When we saw the, the Shadow Council, we know, okay, those, so that one's in charge of the First Order. This is the charge of Thrawn. So we have like the two big ones. 
But that had room had a bunch of people. And if you listen carefully, because I just rewatched this yesterday, actually. So nice. if you listen carefully, they're all like, oh, I'm doing I'm I'm doing uh, raiding parties on transports. OK, well, I'm doing this thing over here with this thing. So they all have kind of their micro problems. And if you if, if you watch Bad Batch, especially the first season, a lot of it is maybe the second season does a lot of it, too, actually, in the beginning. But a lot of it is is like bartender that's sending them out on these missions to make money. And I can see now like Carson, uh, Carson Tarva will be sending Grogu and, and Mando out to kind of take down these other mini bosses before the last boss that's left is Thrawn. And then, oh, that's right. First orders after that. So I think I think what we're going to see is it'll kind of be both. Right. We're going to have that overarching story like we got this season. But we're also going to have just like, hey, go boom, boom, boom and take out the mini bosses. Which is a very video game way of looking at it, but that's yeah. how my brain thinks. So, yeah. <laughs> what can I say? Uh, so you're saying I gotta watch the Bad Badge? Uh, all right, again. You know you do. <laughs> Me too. I need to watch this well. It's next. It's next. Yeah. Uh, any final thoughts on the Mandalorian before we move forward? I think you both hit it, you know, on the head, like at the nail of the head. Excuse me. I don't know what I'm saying. <laughs> <laughs> it's late. You both uh, hit it on the nail of the head. Is that how it goes? It, that's the Utah saying, guys. If you're not in Utah, you just don't I'm know. I'm not sure. I'm, I'm yeah, yeah, that's like a Utah local <laughs> only thing. So for you sure. hit the nail oh, yeah. on the head. Yeah. That's it. There you go. Right on. <laughs> Nailed it. Uh, but question: Do you guys think we'll see the dark saber again? Just throwing out. I just well, it just got destroyed, didn't it? It yeah. did. It did. Yeah. But do you think? Okay, it, will somebody rebuild it? And if somebody oh, does see. rebuild it, who do you think it will be? Um, It'll be rebuilt by the armor. It'll be in Grogu's oh, hands. Grogu, Whoa. in my opinion, how would it be in Grogu's oh. hands? Because he doesn't have a lightsaber, but he's supposed to learn how to use one. I thought being Bo-Katan's, isn't she the leader now? Yeah, but I, I think that now that it's destroyed, it doesn't have the same power that it had before. I think it'll be redesigned too. I don't think it'll be the oh, same. Oh, I see why. I see. Know? But well, they still have that crystal in there, so it's like let's use that crystal. It's very. Shouldn't it be in Axis? Because he was the one that launched the star destroyer into the base. It should be in his hands. Right. I'm for either one of them, by the way. (laughs) Both of them would be cool. (laughs) Like, that would be fine either way. But yeah, I guess Grogu would make sense in that Tar Vizsla created the first Darksaber and he was a Jedi Mandalorian. So Grogu's a Jedi Mandalorian. Maybe it makes sense that way. So I could see them doing the, uh, because we're going to be introduced to, I can't remember the name, the droid's name, but we're going to be introduced to the droid that's over a thousand years old that builds, used to build like all the lightsabers for the Jedi Council. He's coming uh, oh. in Ahsoka. So I think the reason cool. he's coming to Ahsoka is because he's going to eventually build Grogu's new, new lightsaber. And when Grogu needs to find his Kyber crystal, he's like, I know where one's at that I really like. <laughs> you know, that's very important to my culture, the Mandalorians. So I think he'll go grab that crystal, build a new lightsaber with a crystal, and it'll be black as well. I, my, I think that would be dope. That sounds sick. Yeah, Let's- along the way of taking out all the Empire Imperial mini bosses. Oh yeah, mini bosses. <laughs> hey, you know what? Zil- or Link got that master sword eventually, and then all of a sudden, boom! That's how we fight the fa- the final mini boss or go. the final boss. <laughs> Send it. <laughs> uh, I, we also got the final season, third and final season for Picard. Me and Kevin will go into this a little bit more in the future, but just a quick wrap up on this might be perfect. That's what's how. That's how good this was. It was the Picard season one and two were okay but they look like garbage compared to the third season. Hmm. It's literally what the entire show was for. It is. It was so perfect. And what, what saddens me a little bit is I challenged Thomas to watch a, his very first Star Trek. And while it's my personal favorite, it is a 30 year old Star Trek. <laughs> so 
And I'm watching this one. I'm like, God damn, I should have challenged him to one of these because these are MCU level graphics. And I'm like fucking tearing up because it's so fucking cool. And um, <laughs> it was a lot of they did a really good job of like, hey, here's some new stuff because a lot of Star Trek is new stuff right now. But we're going to make sure that we lean on all the old stuff. And spoiler alert, they bring back the Enterprise D, which is like next generation's ship. And they mm. literally fight with that thing. And it's just, I mean, the moment that like you see the old crew step foot on that old bridge and you're just like, it's beautiful. And they play the old music. They're so good about using musical cues to kind of be like, remember Voyager? Remember next gen? And they play like a little, like there's one part uh. where, where they're doing this like badass bombing run all of a sudden over this Borg ship. And all of a sudden you just hear like that next generation intro music kick in. It's like, fuck yeah, baby. <laughs> it's so cool. <laughs> Lots so, of fan service. I take it. Yeah, it was a lot of fan service in this good, one. Good, And they definitely set up an op- an optional future series that let's hope they do it because it's just really cool. I'm not going to give too many spoilers, of course. That big one was revealed before, on Twitter way before everybody else. Um, yeah, I, I'll just add in uh, Mark Bernardin, who does Fat Man Beyond with Kevin Smith. He worked on season two and he was like, season two would, did nothing that I wanted it to. And I yeah. even worked on it. He's like, I had nothing to do with season three. He's like, it's one of the most amazing seasons of Star Trek I've ever watched. He was like, it, it did everything totally I've ever wanted a Star Trek show to do. So I'm like, yeah, that's high praise. And it really broke it down to like in a like maybe two or, or possibly three parts to where you're like, this could be a Star Trek movie. This could be a Star Trek movie. And it, it did a really good job with that. I, I respect him, though, saying that season two just because I think they tried something with like the going back in time and they definitely leaned on some of the tropes they established in the first season of Picard. Which is really like, let's use the one character from Next Generation and try to build a new world around him. Third season, they're like, fuck that. We already know who and everybody wants to see. Literally, the intro music's using the same exact music from, you know, 1993, actually 1989, when Next Gen first came out. Wow. And uh, yeah, it just, it hit the feels. It, it triggered Star Trek DNA so hard in me that I was just like, Oh my God, this is gorgeous. There's, there's a specifically like Jordy LaForge runs this museum of old ships, which was like the most <laughs> fan fiction thing you can do. Wait, he's a curator now. Yes. Really? It was, oh, yeah. Man. It was so great. It's like, there's literally <laughs> a moment where they're like sitting there looking at the ship. Like that's J- that's Captain Jack or that's Captain Kirk's ship. Uh, that's one of my favorites. And like, of course they're going to show Kirk's ship. And yeah. then like this one's Voyager. That's where I built my family. And then they play the Voyager music and I'm over here like, Oh my God, the world's great. It's so good, guys. If you are at all a Star Trek fan, I will honestly tell you, do not bother watching season one and two. Go right to season three. It oh, is wow. one of the best seasons of Star Trek you'll ever see. I may have to do that. Yeah. I, I now, I know you've attempted Star Trek, Kyle. Have you been watching any mesh of it lately? No. I mean, I tried Strange New Worlds for the first two episodes. Yeah. I didn't really have that inclination to keep going. Yeah. I know you guys are disappointed to hear that. That's okay. You right never with you, man. I know. I'm like, how am I, just, I still allowed to be on this podcast? Exactly. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Like uh, myself, you know, aside from Star Wars, of course, I'm definitely a Stargate guy, which this next yep. announcement has got me super excited. Yes. Solid uh, segue. Solid segue. Speaking of sci-fi, so we have a couple new things. First off, Stargate, we're getting a new movie and TV series. Let's get yeah. going real quick. We're going to be talking about the MGM uh, uh, stuff right now. So, Stargate, what can they add to the lore that, you know, we have from nowadays, like with the new CGI stuff like that? What, what are you expecting? I mean, they've already done so much with SG-1 and Atlantis as, mm-hmm. you know, episodic team-based missions and, you know, flavor of the week style episodes. I'm, I mean, honestly, they could do a fresh reboot and I'd be happy with it. 
I know it wouldn't be quite as amazing as a whole new series, but it's hard to describe where to go next. I'm not too sure what other mythologies they could try uncovering because they've pretty much covered them all throughout SG one and Atlantis. So it, the infant, the pot, the possibilities are infinite. Yeah. (laughs) Do you think they'll just go back to like Egyptian then like the, the OG one? I don't think they'll do that. I think maybe we'll just get something completely out of left field. That's all brand new and I'm all for it. Hmm. Hopefully not like universe though. Cause that was not too great. But it's funny, like some random guy at the convention that was talking to us about, he's like, as long as it's not universe as well, it's like you guys are like right away on the same page. Like, okay. Exactly. Yeah. <laughs> I won't start with that one then. <laughs> it tried to copy Battlestar Galactica and it just did not work. Yeah. Which that too is getting a, no, Babylon 5 is getting a reboot. Oh, mm. such a good time to be a sci-fi fan. Uh, yeah. That's really good. Okay. So we also have, so MGM, what they're doing is they're basically going through their big hits. Uh, we talked about this in the past. Disney's doing it as well. And they're trying to lean on what already worked and just bring it back. Stargate's one of them. Barbershop. They're making new barbershops. All right. Magnificent Seven, Legally Blonde, and Robocop. Both Stargate and Robocop are getting movies and TV series. Uh, they tried to reboot the Robocop before. Did it not was work. it was okay, but it didn't have anything on the old Robocop. Right. So I'm hoping they go with that straight up Murphy, classic, chunky, silver, kind of 80s vibe. I think that would be fun. I don't know why they can't do that again, you know? Yeah. <laughs> Definitely. And especially with how special effects have all come up and, you know, just research practical effects like it's going to look badass. I'm actually I'm excited about that. I think it's going to be cool, especially when they do Mandalorian. We already have like the way helmets look good in TV now. You are basically using the same tech for this. It'd be really good. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Yeah, I think Robocop as well has got me really excited because the originals are amazing. And I just can't wait to see more of that for sure. Yeah. Even that third yeah. one. Remember how stupid that third one is? I loved it. But you know, remember how stupid it was? Where like you can fly all of a sudden? <laughs> it was just great. What? And, uh, I don't remember. That sounds like a challenge accepted because I don't remember that ooh. at all. Like, he sounds like Iron oh, Man. Oh, yeah. Oh, he can. Oh, my God, dude. He can fly. And then like they hired the the Yakuza, I think, to go after him. So Yakuza had like uh, their own ninja robot. It was so stupid, but it was so fun. Oh, my God. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And like the Detroit, the it reminded me of um. Dark Knight Rises because like the Detroit Police Department like unify as a military unit to try to take on this corporation. Gotta check it out. I challenge you to that someday. Then that's perfect. If there's some okay. way they can bring back Peter Weller for like even a minor role, like voicing yes. one of the droids that RoboCop goes against, like that'd be awesome. <laughs> yeah, well, we got so much from The Last of Us doing that. I would you know bringing in little little Easter eggs for the fans. That'd be really cool. Maybe he could be like the AI that's like talking to him or something like that. That'd be mm. really neat. Or the next version of ED two hundred nine. You know. <laughs> That'd be cool. I I love how bad the other robots were designed to. I mean, like just like how you can't even go upstairs. I mean, it's such a poor design. <laughs> um, anything else from this Magnificent Seven, Legally Blonde, Barbershop? Any of those you guys hyped for? I mean, Barbershop's gonna be cool. I thought all those yeah. movies. I think I've only seen one, but I mean, I, know, I thought that was great. I'm mm. sure that those series will be awesome. Uh, my wife will probably be stoked about Legally Blonde. She loved it. She uh, loves those movies. If they get Jennifer Coolidge back, I mean, that's going to be a huge W. So, yeah, I mean, and Reese Witherspoon, like she has her new studio now. Hello, Sunshine. Mm-hmm. And everything they make is so damn good. So if she's a part of it, I'm I'm sure that series will be great, too. Yeah. Yeah. I think a Magnificent Seven will be good, too, because it's a it's derived from an old samurai story. And it's like it's like stood the test of time where you just like you take seven outlaws and you, you unify them to protect this one small town. 
that's such a good like season one of Westworld is what we're looking at. And so that would be so dope. Um, Mm. I'm a little concerned just because the only thing I've actually really liked from Amazon so far is the boys. And Mm, mm. a lot of that's just the gritty story. I couldn't, I know Thomas, you watched it all. I could not get into the rings of power. No, I, yeah, I watched it. I liked it. I I mean, I treated it as its own completely separate thing and I liked the cinematics. There were certain episodes where you're like, this is dope Lord of the Rings action. And Mm -hmm. I love that. Um, so there was that, I mean, the story wasn't always super great there, but yes, you're right on the boys. I've liked, uh, there's another show with Chloe Grace Moretz. Why can I not think of it? The peripheral, dude, the peripheral is fantastic. Uh, the animation has been good for them. So I think that they have great titles. Just hopefully they get the right writing staff. The animation is dope over there. That's for sure. Invincible, of course, unbeatable. Oh, I can't wait for season two. Machina. Oh, oh yeah, so definitely. sick. Hmm. I'm challenging you to that. That's I know you got to. You, you really got to because that's the only uh, way I'm gonna watch it if you do that. Yeah. So especially now you got your cloak and everything for Dungeons oh and Dragons. Like you gotta get in the spirit, I was like, should man. I post a stupid ass picture? Nah, all right, fuck it. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, you should. <laughs> I'm so um we are so excited for this. Me and uh, Daniel just went through and building his character, and mm. he's like a Oh, he he wants his, him to be like an angry Portuguese guy because that's how he's seen at work <laughs> and stuff like that. He's the angry Portuguese okay. guy. And by building his character now, also he's like also super religious and and he's all about like the rage gods and stuff like that. It's like, oh my God, what a cool character you made. What class so, will this be? Uh, he is playing a, a, a barbarian. So it's like, barbarian, perfect. Okay. Okay. <laughs> yeah, there it's just going to make Slam you done. stronger. Yeah. So, uh, Squeaks is going to play a paladin and we don't know what John's playing yet. We got to build those characters out with him. That'd be a lot of fun. Nice. Uh, WB is relaunching HBO Max and we've talked about this in the past, but I think it deserves repeating. They're dropping the HBO out of HBO Max and their whole thing is like, oh, we think HBO's like turning people away from getting the Max streaming service. Polar opposite in my opinion. HBO has the staying power. HBO has the trusted and the quality behind it. Who gives a shit about Max? What do you guys think about this? Uh, I think it might be a good way of rebranding because HBO Max, you can't really tell like, yeah, HBO's in the title, right? But what mm-hmm. what is Max? Like, what, what does that involve? So I think changing that focus to Max while incorporating HBO's programming, I think it'll be a, a huge win for them. Really? Okay. On. Mm-hmm. I like that. I like that perspective because I was going to go on Frank's side, which is like, what the hell is Max? <laughs> like, <laughs> you know, like my, my parents. None of us uh, know. <laughs> yeah, yeah, I know. My parents like barely, you know, they know HBO. They they're not gonna know Max, and I don't know if they're, you know, the discovery side of it is cool. There's gonna be a lot of cool programs that probably are not even on my radar. But I'm not. I didn't like purposely get Discovery. I don't. There's not shows on there right now where I'm like, yeah. I gotta spend eight dollars a month and watch whatever Discovery episode of whatever i don't know it's like i don't even know what it is i can't even make up something right now (laughs) shark week is literally the only thing i could think shark week okay yeah yeah exactly right a lot of stuff got announced though so we have confirmation that the harry potter series is happening they plan on it taking 10 years so obviously that means that they're actually going to do they were saying a first huge commitment yeah it is huge commitment they're saying that one season means one book but there's it's like seven books i think so that means that they're going to be stretching it even farther that michael Um, scott gift from the office is like going in my head right now or just like, no, no, you know, that, that's yeah. what's going in my head. I know. I'm a little concerned by that too, just because it's like, why mess with something that's so perfect? But what are you going to do? They're going to make their money. I can vouch for it. I, I'm, I'm personally kind of excited for it. I think it's going to be a whole new reimagining. I mean, of course, 
the movies are beloved and there's so many great actors who were involved in those movies that are now gone and it'd be really hard to replace them. But I think if it allows for like one book per season and it's fully fleshed out, like it could be really fun to watch just for all the details they add to the show. What from the book do you think it will enhance the show? I was not prepared for that question at all. Well, just <laughs> while you think about that, let me just say squeaks in the last episode when we talked about this last yeah, I recorded this way. Um, he mentioned that like the things in the books that they actually pulled the best parts of the book to make the show. So that or the movie. So the, the movies, things that were yes. left behind were not necessarily warranted. Like for example, I'm reading the first one a lot longer than you'd expect. They're actually hanging out with the aunt and uncle before he actually heads off to Hogwarts. In mm-hmm. my opinion, it things like it's longer than you'd expect. Is there anything in particular from the books you want to see move forward? Oh my goodness. Uh, I mean, of course, the movies capture the biggest moments, so you can't really say like the the additional fluff in the books would carry over very well Mm -hmm. to a movie format. But I think in, say, for example, like with Game of Thrones, like how that was more fleshed out because of the 10 episode season on HBO. Like, of course, they had to leave stuff out as well for those novels. But I think Harry Potter would transition very well to that format. Because you have much more time building characters and, you know, not just that, but maybe we'll get additional things not in the books. Like we'll see more outside of Hogwarts, like maybe like with Hogwarts Legacy that we just got in February. We get to see more surrounding, you know, the outside, like maybe the politics of the universe. Like maybe we'll see more of, you know, the magical ministry or, for example. Yeah. I would like to see some more of the other schools as well. In my, Ministry in my of Magic. Sorry. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. You could honestly, you could have said whatever you wanted to. I would have believed you. Yeah. That was your fault. <laughs> I know. I just keep thinking, man, if I have a bad day, I want to talk to Kyle because you're so positive today. I know. It's just like, yeah, man, you're right. I'm on board with that. We got to get him on Challenge That's Accepted. That's what I try to bring feel- to uh, <laughs> the, the dynamic, so to speak. Whenever we do Challenge yeah. Accepted, we always feel like, ah, man, we're too positive on this. We got to bring Kyle around so we look like the bad guys. Exactly. And that'll, that'll fix our problem. <laughs> um, we get a knight. I'm uh, sorry, a knight of the seven kingdoms. I misspelled that. The hedge knight, which I've read this one. A very, very good story. And it's a hundred years before the events of Game of Thrones. The idea is that there is this lowly hedge knight, which, by the way, is the ancestor to Brienne of Tarth, who's. I'll just kind of give you. It's basically a knight's tale. It's basically a knight's tale. Actually, now I'm thinking about it. <laughs> the squire that he picks up, though, he doesn't know it because he's a bald kid. Um, and he starts training, but then all of a sudden, like the hedge knight's about to be beheaded because he accidentally hits the prince when they're jousting or whatever. Um, and he's saved by a squire who ends up actually being a Targaryen who's like trying to like earn his title. And so it's a super dope story of like this lowly hedge knight that's like earning his honor by one feet at a time. And mm. a squire is going to be the future king of the realm. So it's super dope. Um, and uh, that's going to be really cool. And it's a lot of Dorne. It's a lot of really good places that we don't explore a lot in the other stories. So. That'd be good. Wow. True Detective with Jodie Foster. Anytime Jodie Foster is a part of anything, I'm going to watch it. <laughs> That's just the case. That's just, yeah, true. Yeah. yeah. And how good True Detective season one was, like, I'll at least give it a shot, at yeah. least for the first few episodes. It's I like season, season three. One. Mm. Did you see season, uh, season three? Was that Mahershala Ali? Yep. Correct. Yeah. Great uh, season. No. <laughs> oh, it's oh, a good, good one. Is it? It's all right. Something very Nolan esque with the time. Because like a different time spans, so it's very Nolan that way. I haven't seen season two. Was that good? I haven't either. No. I don't remember it being that okay. great. 
Mm. So there you go. <laughs> I mean, Vince Vaughn and Colin Farrell sound great, but yeah, yeah, I'll have to look. You it think up. that would be? I gotta watch them. I gotta watch them. And then the next thing we have is the regime, which is about a dictator in the middle of Europe. It's being done by the people who do Succession, though. So that's the part that sells it to me. Yeah, right. Ooh, Thomas's face answers that right I'm there. I'm on board now. Yeah. <laughs> I need to watch <laughs> Succession now. You really, yeah, you really do. I do. The way I pitch it, have you have you watched Yellowstone? No. Okay. Well, it's Yellowstone in the city. That's that's basically the way to look at it. Okay. Uh, and then the last thing is we have our first trailer for the Penguin, which is the Penguin from the Batman. Hmm. Uh, any thoughts on that trailer? I haven't seen it. I haven't seen so the don't ask me. Okay. <laughs> yeah, I've only seen the stills from it, but he was one of the best parts of the Batman. Like Colin yeah. Farrell as a Penguin oh, yeah, was, he was so great. perfectly cast. Yeah. My parents hadn't watched the Batman, so they were like, oh, Frank, we're looking for something to watch. And then I'm like, oh, you should watch the Batman. I'm like, uh, I'm coming over, actually. <laughs> I want to watch it all of a sudden again. So I'm watching it, and they're like chit-chatting during the car trace scene. And I'm like, guys, 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 you got to stop talking. Hold on. This is some of the best cinematography of this year. Hold on. <laughs> and yeah. that part where that, the car, he's in the, he's being chased by the Batmobile, which is such a dope car. And it flips upside down, and he's walking. And I'm like, the music, I'm like, is this not perfect cinematography? They're like, yeah, it's pretty cool. It's Batman. Okay. Well, you guys don't deserve this. Parents just don't understand. <laughs> Uh, let's wrap things up with some big rumors now we don't normally like to spread rumors around here but these are starting to mount up with some credible sources so we're going to start with the least likely first john boyega will return to the raise to raise star wars film i can't imagine him working with star wars again i don't see it happening you don't think so after their very public split yeah i don't see it happening at all would you want it to happen though no no, not really. Ooh. Okay. No. What do you? What do you I think, felt Tom? like his character yeah. was, you know, not done very well in Star Wars. Not. I agree. Due to him, but due to Disney, and like, why? What would be the purpose to bring that character back into the fold? If anything, to redeem him is my to thing. redeem it. Sure. Yeah. I yeah. mean, that's great and all, absolutely. But I feel like if it's focusing on Ray anyway, it's gonna already do that again. It's gonna overshadow Finn's character. So it's like, yeah. why do it? Yeah. yeah. I wonder if they're going to set up I a new trilogy off that. That's going to be, I hope they don't. I just want exactly. redemption or whatever. And then like, okay, new story. Mm-hmm. I don't think they could. I don't think it's going to happen. Like I would love it. And if they bring him in and he's a Jedi, hundred percent, that'd be great. But I don't think he's on board. I think he's like, I'm done with that. Yeah. I don't blame him. Next rumor. And this was actually more likely than it, than it was when I first wrote these notes, though. Pedro was actually supposed to remove his helmet at the end of Mandalorian season three and kind of say like, I'm also like Bo-Katan, but Pedro Pascal wasn't on set for all of season or the final episode because he was filming the the last of us. So they couldn't do it. Um, He just did the voiceover work. I I think that's probably likely because I think Thomas, you were kind of complaining about that a little bit for the finale. He's like, they really should have done that. What do you think? Yeah, I definitely it just doesn't make sense when you look at the two different sects of the Mandalorians. Why did some get to take off their helmet and others not? And it just doesn't feel very fair, mm-hmm. you know, especially how the armor was so strict on Mando at the beginning. And then Bo comes in and she's like, yeah, you don't have to wear a helmet. And yeah. it just, it just doesn't seem fair. So I would have appreciated at the end, at least when they were sitting at the farm, he gets to take off his helmet while he's watching Grogu. Yeah. I don't agree with that because the whole point of the beginning of season three was him to redeem himself for removing his helmet. Right. And he had to go through all those trials of Mandalore and getting soaked in the water again to redeem himself and not be in exile anymore. So I think having that scene in there wouldn't have made 
narrative sense. I mean, it would have been great to see Pedro, but I don't blame him at all because mm-hmm. Last of Us is huge right now, and yeah. I bet he's just you know focused in on that. I, that's better for his career. While researching this, I found an interesting fact where he actually complained a little bit, but then accepted it. He gets paid less than a normal actor would because he's basically just the voice actor now. Right. So mm-hmm. and so at first he's like, I should get paid less for that, and then he he's like, okay, yeah, you know what? I'm not wearing that costume all, all day long, so that's fair. Um. And he's only there for when he needs to take the helmet off, which obviously I think only happens maybe twice so far. So makes sense. All right. Now, this one I thought was a far shot, but it's it, and it started with a normal. I won't say their names, but it's a normal like five websites that I can't stand that just shoot their shot. And then hopefully, that's, you know, three <laughs> Spider-Men show up and they get lucky. Um, this one is that Adam Driver will be playing Reed Richards in the new Fantastic Four. This is now being echoed by more reputable people. Would you want to see Adam Driver as our new one, Kyle? I, I like John Krasinski, man. Like, of course. I, why not bring him back? He's, he was great as Reed Richards. I, I think I'd rather see Adam Driver as Dr. Doom. I think that'd be cool. I mean, he's got experience with Kylo Ren and a mask. So it's like, why not do Dr. Doom? That'd be cool. He would be a pretty good Dr. Doom. He, did, he, he did a movie for Netflix called White Noise, which the movie itself was a little too weird. But his performance in it, I think, was very good. Yeah. You know, I think it was when after watching that, I already I always knew he's like a good actor, sure. But seeing his performance in that, I was like, son of a bitch, this guy's talented. We should really be using him more. And also in Black Landsman, he was fantastic in that too. Oh, I love he's that just, movie. I yeah, watched that was so great. Yeah, he he's a phenomenal actor. I I think it'll be a good choice. But my first choice is still Penn Badgley from you. Mm-hmm. Like I I want oh, him to be. That's Mr. even Penn better. Badgley. I like that very much. Because he choice. seems such like he seems like a smart guy. Oh, that's and so good. I don't like, look I want at that, Adam no. Driver and think genius. No offense. No, but he does have a, <laughs> that's a uh, here's more offense. He has a weird body type that I could see is like, yeah, that's stretchable. Like he's just, he's a built like a <laughs> barn, you know, like he's real broad. And so I'm like, okay, because the stretching ability is always wonky on but camera. It wouldn't be. that make more sense for Dr. Doom? Because he could be wearing the armor. Yeah. Yeah. Like- here's my problem with Dr. Doom. I, at this point, just assume it's Killian Murphy because it's so perfect. Yeah. So I have a hard time imagining anybody Silly else Murphy. playing. Yeah, Killian, he's the one from uh, Peaky Blinders. Right. I just don't know if I buy that. I, I like Penn Badgley more. That's as, or, as, no, sorry, no, Adam Driver more. Yeah, as uh, yeah, Doctor Doom. Yes, we'll yeah. see. It's getting it's getting echoed by some pretty top notch guys. I'm like, oh shit, this one's moving up the ladder faster than the other ones have. Um, Penn Badgley though was the one beforehand that was like getting a lot of talk. Oh, stuff. that that's too good. Like, I want that now. use a great show you should watch it on the list it's so much shit to watch i swear after Mm -hmm. watching season three of picard i was like i gotta watch next gen because i've only seen like a little a few of the episodes and it's like it's one of those things where frank you're a trekkie but you haven't seen one of the most popular star trek you're crazy that's kind of situation i need to watch it um matter of fact speaking of star trek uh section 31 is now going to be a movie instead of a tv series and it's going to be kicking off phase two for Star Trek. So that means a lot. But me and Kevin will talk about that next time he's on because I know. Or Jonathan. All right, let's close things out with some uh, network news. Uh, Who's Got Next Game has launched, guys. It's our brand new podcast. Uh, it's all about deep dives in gaming topics is essentially what it is. And uh, it's hosted by Tyler, of course. We also have a couple more that I, I'll let you guys get introduced to him. We're going to be pushing a new episode out tomorrow, the day before this episode comes out. 
Uh, but they already have three up there, so it's really good. Also, we have a brand new level up coming out on Thursday. Kyle, let us know what this level up's all about. Yes, uh, Frank, you and I discussed during the West Sacramento Capital Creators Showcase that we all attended. Uh, mm-hmm. We covered Jedi Fallen Order. Yes. I had to emphasize that because <laughs> you got the title wrong so many times during the recording. We did. Yep. <laughs> but uh, no, it was fun to revisit that game. Um, you know, of course, Survivor's coming out this Friday. So check that out. Great game. We're signed up with EA. So yep. got to push that. And Link in the description for Survivor. If you guys want to pre-order your game, link in the description for that. Exactly. Okay. Yeah. It was a fun, it was a fun chat though. Revisiting that game, just remembering like, oh, that gameplay was so tight and the story was so good. Amazing. Um, like, really good characters. Better than that game needed to be. You know, it was, it was really good. I still think we need a live adaptation on Disney Plus. Fully uh, backing that idea. Fully with the original it. cast. Like, yeah. just, that's a, that's a win. It yeah. Is. When do we see Cal Kestis in live action? Like, I want to see that. I know. I saw pictures of him in Galaxy's Edge with his lightsaber, like posing in front of the Millennium Falcon. I'm like, oh, really? Just get a camera on him, guys. Come on. It's perfect. He's right there. <laughs> yeah, it was cool. Uh, do we have any recommendations for this week from either of you? Uh, you go ahead, Thomas. Oh, uh, well, I make this face, which is <laughs> the, not I can really go. think of anything. Yeah, go absolutely. Far away. Uh, new game came out recently called Dredge. It's been picking up a lot of steam. Really popular game. I haven't played it yet, but it looks really exciting gameplay-wise. Just on a little tugboat. Have to go out and fish, bring it back. But of course, there's Eldritch Horrors in the mix. So that sounds exciting to me. Oh, Check cool. it out. It's on Steam. Uh, my, my suggestion for the week is Satisfactory. It's a game we've talked about a lot in the past. We've all played a ton in the past. But they're closing in on patch 1.0 so it's about to leave early access uh the next patch though is a massive one it's moving it from unreal engine 4 to unreal engine 5 oh and that's gonna be very big for that game i've returned to it just because it's nice to kind of have something to play you know that's not story driven so much right now for me and um i forgot how much i love that game and it's so so good and uh so there's a lot of things you guys probably have missed since that you've last played and most importantly get ready for the big patch coming up that's going to uh, move it up to Unreal Engine 5 and then after that it's like maybe one more patch and then it's live uh, uh, fully released so they're, they're working hard over there Coffee Stain excellent video game studio by the way follow Coffee Stain on YouTube or whatever you can they're a really cool group yeah alright do you have a recommendation from you Thomas? I mean it was right there the whole time I'm gonna say Succession it's gonna go. be on new episodes I go. just got into it <laughs> yeah Succession that's my recommendation I can't wait for you to catch up to what's going on right now man <laughs> it is so crazy is it? Dang. Oh, All right. Oh, it is nuts. Yeah. Succession's awesome, man. Uh, I won't say anything. Okay. That's what I get. <laughs> no spoilers. Yeah. All right, guys. Thank you very much for joining us. Again, we have all kinds of new podcasts coming out on the network. Follow us on Twitter for all the updates on everything coming out and Instagram and whatnot, too. Um, all right. And we'll see you guys next time. Bye.